Hey everyone, this is Josh with Spurgeon Maniacs to share how you guys can partner with us. First off, thank you to everyone who has been listening to our show and to those of you that came to our conference. We are gearing up to expand what we do for you guys, but we need your help. Go on over to patreon.com forward slash Spurgeon Maniacs. We would love to have your support to continue doing this podcast, conferences, and so much more as we grow. Lastly, come find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and don't forget to email us at podcast at SpurgeonManiacs.com. Now, here is your episode. Charles Spurgeon was a man that God used, and millions are still being impacted by his kingdom work. As we examine his life and ministry, we hope to strengthen today's church and bring glory to Christ. My name is Joel Littlefield, lead pastor of New City Church in Bath, Maine, and I'm joined by my brother in Christ, Josh Whitney. Welcome to the Spurgeon Maniacs podcast. about (laughs) the holy spirit he's real good (laughs) i don't know so how are you man uh i uh, tired yeah yeah me too today it's a day it's a week yeah it's been a month (laughs) do the best we can to stay awake if you hear snoring it's not snoring yeah it's (laughs) it's just not it's just not yeah, man. What about you? What, you? You had a you had a crazy day. I mean, mm-hmm. when you talk about pastoral ministry, like today was. Yeah, it was today a busy, was that kind of day. It was all sorts of different things, things that you plan for and things that you don't plan for. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was good. It was. Uh, I I feel full. I'm tired. I will. I probably will sleep good tonight, and then tomorrow's the day of my day off. So, but Saturday, uh, well, oh man, the rain. It's still looking like rain for our baptism. I've been watching it. It's gone from like 40% and then it went up to like 70% this morning and then it's like back down to 50% chance. Let's just be, let's just be presbies. Yeah. Let's get these guys sprinkled. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's going to be sprinkling. Just, just stick them outside yeah. for a second and then bring them on back in. <laughs> I'm going to try not to use the water pistol joke this year. For some reason, it, I always like... I don't know. Well, no, no, I, that's not for the baptism. It's for it's for babies, baby dedications. That's what it is. And I did. I refrained from saying it when we did when we dedicated. Did you, you did Jaden? Yeah, uh, yeah. That was uh, proud of you. Yeah, thanks, man. <laughs> yeah, my sister's coming up, man. My sister just got saved and is getting baptized. She's that's oh, exciting. Awesome. That's exciting. Yeah, my brother and I are going to baptize her. And uh, yeah, man. So cool. There's about I think there's like six people. Six people lined up. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. It's pretty good. <laughs> I don't what was that? I don't know. Me? You yeah. did it. Oh, I did? You did that. <laughs> I didn't know what I did. I looked you up. You went, and, mm, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I went, mm. 
Dude, this is mm, yeah. this is totally tired me. All right. Yeah. <laughs> I need some sleep. So we are excited though to be back in front of the mics. We're gonna give it our all. We're not gonna be tired anymore. No more tiredness. We are serious about this content and we want so everybody serious. who's listening to stay tuned in because this is good stuff. We are talking about the condescending love of Jesus. We're back in the Spurgeon mm. Lost Sermons, and we've got great uh, topic that should be uh, humbling and encouraging and exciting. All of us should be able to think on this truth and find just great benefit from it. So, yeah. condescending love of Jesus. So this sermon preached in 1851. Spurgeon's still a young man. All these sermons, we don't have to say that. We don't have to say it every time. He All of these sermons, in fact, this book is the early sermons. It's all between 1851 and 1854. And Spurgeon so preached. How old was he in eight feet? <laughs> We've I'll already stop. covered this, but anyway, um, yeah. So the text that he's on, which I'm sure you'll cover again, but he's preaching from "For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, that ye through his poverty might be rich." And Spurgeon preached on this text. Actually, I believe they said I think it was 13 times. No, no. Six times, six additional sermons specifically on this text. And in fact, they do have the man, a manuscript that I found at the Spurgeon Library, uh, a full manuscript of a sermon entitled The, Condense- the Condescension, not Condensation. There is a difference. difference. There's a difference between. But the condescension yeah. of Christ. Um, that was preached on September 13th, 1857. So he's, he's preached this many times and, um, but without having any real, uh, specific facts to, to share, we're going to just, we're going to just dive in and work through the content. One, one thing that I did, um, just sort of think about when I was going over it a little bit ahead of time. Well, and we talked about it last time, the word condescension is misunderstood yeah big pretty i think big time it's usually we don't use the word in today. the theological sense or just in general in, because how it's used today in english yeah it's it's an insult it's an insult yeah. right you don't condescend to me yeah kind of a thing um but it's this idea from the text of a lowliness and descending so um i condescend to my children you know, when they're young, you do. Yeah. You have to get down to their level. That's condescension. Um, where it's uh, seen in the negative is <laughs> when when a grown man is being talked to by another grown man, and the yeah. and you're talked down to like you're little. You know, yeah. Don't you condescend me. Yeah, but this is not bad. Like we have to understand how little we are, how small, how humble we should be, and the great lengths that Christ went. So just to kind of set the, so I'll just set the tone for the conversation by just, I'm going to read a couple quotes of Spurgeon. I don't have any facts or like particular history lessons from this era. I like it. But to just keep the conversation. And he actually wrote a lot on the incarnation. I think so we could say the condescension of Christ is connected to Christmas and the incarnation, all these things, of course, being the act. So here's a couple quotes and we can do what we want with them. So he says this in Reflections on the Incarnation by Charles Spurgeon. um, The first link between my soul and Christ is not my goodness, but my badness, not my merit, but my misery. 
not my standing, but my falling, not my riches, but my need. He comes to visit his people, yet not to admire their beauties, but to remove their deformities, not to reward their virtues, but to forgive their sins. And I'll just read one more from the same work. It says, When the Eternal stooped from heaven and assumed the nature of his own, crea- his own creature, who had rebelled against him, the deed could mean no harm to man. God in our nature is not God against us, but God with us. And so Spurgeon mm-hmm. just sort of connecting this idea of the condescension of Christ with what he actually did in putting on human flesh. And... Um, just incredibly grateful for the Lord condescending to me. I see no no negative in it. I don't. Mm. It would. It's only the pride of man, the pride of the sinful heart, that would disagree with that statement and say, uh, "I don't need him to do that." How could he? Why would he look at me mm. like a sinner? It's like that man who says, "Don't condescend to me." Yeah. Well, God does condescend to us, but the reality of our nature is mm. we are not beautiful to look on. Mm. And we need his condescending love. Yeah. So condescending love of Jesus. What are some other thoughts? Scriptures, places that you would... Well, I was going to ask you a question. You go... <laughs> 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 this, is, this is the highbrow content you guys aspire for us Man, to I have achieve. seen so many highbrow t-shirts around there. There are really? like potheads everywhere. Yeah. Dude, oh, my word. Highbrow is everywhere. For, for you listeners... In Maine, you'll know, but outside of Maine, yeah. it's just, yep, just little uh, pot we, shops. Yeah, pot shops popping yeah. up everywhere. Highbrow is our famous oh, one here my in Maine. Word. Get rid of them. So anyway, many of them. So, what was the question? You see a beautiful building pop up. <laughs> What's that going to be? It's a pot store. A new restaurant? No. 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 Would they replace Ruby Tuesdays with Highbrow? Yep. <laughs> and at first, I was dumb enough to go, oh, there's like a, like a, Pretty high class restaurant coming in called Highbrow. I really thought oh, that. Oh, that's what you. I really did before I re- oh, no. knew. Before they were all like, I'm like, what the heck is Highbrow? Oh, you got to be like top class to go there. You're like, like telling all your heck? friends, I can't wait to go to Highbrow when it opens. <laughs> I actually said it from the pulpit once. No, just kidding. I have a recommendation for all of you. You need to check out Highbrow for lunch today. As <laughs> soon as we're done with the service, the whole church is heading over to Highbrow. <laughs> All right, what was your question? Back to condescending love. So I was going to, with your description that you gave, do you see that being played out in the Christian sphere at all? Or are you mainly talking about people's apprehension to to coming to Christ? With that description you gave of, of people not not understanding or rejecting Christ oh. condescend or, or to think that Christ condescended or that we need, do you, do you see that being played out in Christianity or in the, in the Christian spheres or were you mainly talking about those who reject Christ? They don't want to see well, what they need. It. I mean, I've definitely heard Christians. If you don't read Puritans or read Spurgeon, I mean, mm-hmm. nobody uses that word anymore mm-hmm. in the context of, the incarnation. Mm-hmm. I've never heard, I've never in my life growing up heard a Christmas story preached where the word condescending love was used. It's just, mm-hmm. you know, he came down to us or he stooped down to us. But, um, so <laughs> I do think it's misunderstood in the, in the church too. Mm-hmm. And I honestly, I think a lot of Christians would reject it. So-called Christians would reject it. Like they would, they would take a worldly, um, perspective and say no mm. that's that's disrespectful or or 
appreciate because this is what I see a lot is appreciating what Christ did for us, mm-hmm. but completely, um, completely undermining it with what in reality it means. So people would say like, look at how much Jesus did for us. And be like, yeah, he became as pitiful as us so that he could take us in instead of us. And be like, well, no, cause we, we, we were the ones that wanted to kill Jesus. You know, he, it wasn't, it wasn't that that need to happen. It's, mm-hmm. it's that, you know, where, cause how bad we are. I'm like, well, then what? So those things don't make sense. So that's, yeah. Well, you know what else, you know what else make ruins the, the doctrine of condescending love is the modern day. I, I was worthy Mm -hmm. of him dying for me. Yeah. The The rejection of substitutionary atonement. Yeah. Like Christ, Christ's death is what I deserve. Like I I I need that. Yes. Yes. Yeah. He came because we deserved it. And he, yeah, we were worthy of his love. Look at this diamond in the rough. I'm going to I'm going to redeem that diamond from the rough. Yeah. It's like, oh, yeah. Nope. <laughs> right. Yeah, so uh so many good things to talk about. Yeah. Um what do you think, man? You got any 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 things to share scriptures to point us to? Yeah, so other other than Spurgeon's main text, mm-hmm. I think the the best next place to go is in Philippians um mm-hmm. pointing us to humility. If you if you're ever feeling like you deserve something or you feel like you're a better Christian than most, you should just take the afternoon to read Philippians. <laughs> um, so starting in verse five, have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus. So that alone right there sets the the stage for what we're about to read into. Like you guys, you Christians in Philippi. This is the mind that you should put amongst yourselves because it is what belongs to you because of Christ Jesus. Like Mm -hmm. this is who Christ Jesus is, who though he was in the form of God did not count equality with God, a thing to be grasped. So it's, it's not that he rejected his deity to, to be among us, Mm -hmm. but that he purposefully, the next verse emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, mm-hmm. being born in the likeness of men. It's an interesting thought to empty yourself by taking on. Right. Yeah. Yeah, it is. The, yeah. Mi- the miracle of what it is for Christ to be here among us. And we, n- none of us will ever fully metaphysically how that happens, like be able to grasp that. But God emptied himself by taking on something else. Mm-hmm. And in in simple terms, layman's terms, it's the fact of of that humility. I think can be just kind of summed up from there. His humility to to be like us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and that's why we call him the God Man. He he didn't he didn't become uh, God mm-hmm. at the cross. No, you know, he didn't attain to it. There, he came as God, veiled himself with human flesh, um, and laid aside. Yeah. The glory. Yeah. The glory for Ooh, that's a, for a good a one. John 17. Mm. John 17, his high ple- priest, priestly, mm. his high priestly prayer when he, when he talks to the father and says, uh, glorify me with the glory that I had when I was with you. Yeah. 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 There's, there's much that he set aside so that he could be the, 
the fulfiller of the covenant for us. Mm. Yeah. Man, you can't have the gospel without like all every you look at every scripture that contains any part of the gospel message of Christ and what he's done. Mm. You have you have to see the chasm between what man was without Christ and what who Christ is in mm-hmm. all of his glory. You can't, you can't run it. You just, you can't read any of those texts without seeing it. There's so many. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't want to take any that you've, that you thought of pulling up, but that just wanted to just state that like it, it this is the gospel that we're talking about. Yep. Um, we did not deserve this. We were unworthy and nothing. And this is, I think one of the things that Spurgeon is trying to lay out here in this sermon and in the outline that we see, because he begins with, in the text, he says, for you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, and then sort of, just sort of pause there. How was Christ rich? I think that'd be worth just kind of thinking through a few things and letting our listeners kind of think that a little bit, ponder. Mm-hmm. How was he rich? Yeah. What do you think? Oh, I thought we were going to let them ponder yeah. for Okay, it. let's I just, sh- we're going to take 30 seconds. Yeah. Mom- moment of silence. <laughs> Shh. Stop laughing. Sorry. <laughs> this is so good. <laughs> no. Dude, it'd probably be the best part of the podcast. People would be just like, oh, they stopped. Oh, my goodness. And then they'd like move on. <laughs> I guess it's broken. No, they've, yeah. ar- they've already moved on. They've already <laughs> moved on. The fact that we're still in this break. Yep. <laughs> How was Christ rich? How was he rich? Well, other... Ah, oh, man. So human. I immediately think like, oh, well, he owns the cattle on a thousand hills. <laughs> but he uh, did. But he did. Does. Does. Still did. will forever. He at one point had uh, the cattle on a thousand hills. Um, yeah. He he is the reigning king now. Yeah. Um, to think. Nah, not going to make that a gospel issue. But, oh, man. To think that Christ isn't the king right now. Yeah. Ugh. Blech. 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 That's so bad. Yeah. Now, Christ, it's all his now. Yeah. All authority has been mm-hmm. given to me. Yeah. Therefore, mm-hmm. go and make disciples. So he he is he is the he is the everything. Mm. He is uh as Revelation puts it, the Alpha and the Omega. Mm-hmm. He's the beginning and the end. So he possesses all of this. Colossians one is so awesome. Um just talking about how rich Christ is uh, for in him, all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell through him to reconcile to himself, all things, whether on earth, heaven, making peace by the blood of the cross. Um, yeah. And, oh, I went too far. Yeah. He is before all things in him. Things all hold together. Mm. He's the head of the body, the church, the beginning, the firstborn of the dead, everything in him might be preeminent. Um, all that stuff, yeah. whether invisible before that, even I'm still, I'm jumping ahead and then I go backwards heaven or on earth, visible, invisible thrones, dominions, rulers, authorities, all things were created through him and for him. So he possesses all of it. Yeah. And not just now, but to paint the picture of condescension, he owned those had those all in his possession the millisecond before he became a 
tiny human baby in the womb of Mary. Mm. What was so funny? I'm sorry. I can't. Just Talladega Nights. <laughs> what, have tiny human it? baby? Yep. I have no idea what that reference is. No. Have you so. seen Talladega Nights? No. Uh-huh. All I know yeah. is the bobbing heads. Yeah. Right? That That is... Uh, a different movie. I can't think oh, of it. Oh, yeah. Night of the Roxbury. Never Night mind. Night of the Roxbury. I don't yeah. know the Intelligent Nights. No. NASCAR one. He prays and he goes, Dear oh. sweet baby, infant Jesus. And then he keeps getting interrupted. He's like, Dear eight pound, six ounce, <laughs> sweet baby heck? Jesus. And so that's all I'm thinking. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we can cut that out if we. That <laughs> tiny baby. Is um. it like, he's not a baby anymore. It's like, I like to think it's actually very perceptive into our culture today because he gets all upset he's like i like to pray to the little baby jesus and i think that speaks into culture a lot yeah we all want the jesus that makes us feel better mm-hmm. but that's neither here nor there the he gave all of that up <laughs> yeah the back, second yeah to to really understand condescending yeah. love is to picture that the moment yeah. that the choice was made a long time yeah. ago in eternity but the when the action actually happened and it was christ Put on flesh, the beginning with uh, being uh, a cons- mm. at the point of conceived by the Holy Spirit. Yeah, God became embryo. Yeah, God, God became embryo. Yeah, um, that's amazing to think about. That should blow our minds. Yeah, to think about that moment because He veiled Himself in that moment, but not only just veiled Himself as a man, but as a all of God's glory, the glory of the Son of God, veiled in that tiny speck. Mm. And but so though he was rich, he became poor. So yep, we need to think about that. His riches, what he. Yep. So some of the things that he points out here, he talks about the riches of his authority, his glory, where he resided, his residence, mm-hmm. heaven, a lot different than Bethlehem. Diff- some a little bit, a little bit. Um, Pro- probably. Probably more goats. <laughs> a few. Like a few yes, more. Yes, yeah. Just yeah, a couple a few more goats. goats. Yeah, yep. exactly. So <clears throat> what makes, uh, so from there, condescending love, mm-hmm. beginning with his riches, mm-hmm. we then think about his becoming poor. What does that look like? Uh, the emptying by taking on. Mm-hmm. So he's got the very first point, the act of putting on humanity. Mm. Uh Something un, uh, not unknown. Ooh, now we're getting into weeds <laughs> as far as uh, God becoming man. So, yeah, he became, he put on another nature. He put on humanity mm. so that uh, he could suffer, as Hebrew says, suffer or be tempted in every way that we are, yet without sin. Uh, being the great high priest. Love that. And it's probably one of, you know, as we're doing the residency, thinking about like, how do we comfort people? Like that's, that's the one that's on my head the mm-hmm. most. Mm. Um, that Jesus became poor, taking on humanity so that he could face everything that we could face and yet be victorious over all of it. Yeah. So he can sympathize with us. Yeah. We do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize. Um, but through all of that became victorious. So that's one area. I like that you brought that up in context of doing ministry because 
this love that we are just meditating on and thinking about is helpful in dealing with relating to ministering to people that are in brokenness. If Christ could can condescend to us, then we can humble ourselves before others mm. and try yeah. to be in their pain and be in their place of needing comfort all the while thinking about what Christ did, the distance, the, the action of laying his own glory aside, putting on humanity and becoming poor. That should affect us how we serve each other mm-hmm. um, in so many contexts too. Yeah. What, what prideful people we are at times to try to deal with a, a, a human relationship situation and then say, you know, you're not worth my time, yeah. you know, to somebody or to, um, yeah. And, and, and people that we love even too. things like, but Christ's condescending love, his lowering himself is becoming poor. We mm-hmm. should take that into ministry situations too. Yeah. People who have wronged us, yes. church hurt or yeah. people, you know, gunning for your job or trying to run you out of town. Uh, yeah, we, we murdered our Lord. Yeah. Yeah, even the phrase in Romans, Christ died for the ungodly. That is a picture of his condescending love because mm. he he lowered himself so much. Philippians says, as you, I think you, I think you read it to the point of death, right? Did yep. you get that far? Yeah. Uh, no, I don't think I got all that. I don't think. But I got he humbled that far. himself ultimately, obediently to the point of death. The the end of his humbling himself was at dying, laying mm-hmm. his life down. So we live our lives dying to self. Yeah, it's yeah. Richard Baxter talks about that uh, quite often. It comes up (laughs) continually in uh, Reformed Pastor. Yeah, about this like all of this work that is before us, and then you think it's too much. It's too much, and then (laughs) and and then he brings up uh, Christ. Be like, are you are are were you called to? Were you called to so little? I cannot remember mm. the quote, but I remember these uh, objections. I think it was like 10 objections that he raises. And then uh, his answers to those objections are humorous and uh, in piercing. Mm. But yeah, we the, the call, not just to pastors, although pastors hold a much higher, uh, higher burden than, than, the, than others, but it's... It, it's I forgot where I was going with that. It is, it is a high calling and it requires much of you, but also for Christians. Mm. Like when, I mean, just in our culture today, I hope it doesn't, we're, we're not making this point too often, but just our um, LGBTQ alphabet soup culture that we live in. Yeah. Um, it's, we, we know what we're asking for. We're, we're asking for a culture to die and be not die like the people die, but the culture like right. this, the, the, what this uh, axiom that we have in, in the United States, we're, we're asking that to die so that something else can come to life. And so when we tell you like to, to die to your pride, to die to yourself, we understand, like we understand that we're asking for a miracle. Mm-hmm. We're, we're asking you to give up who you are mm. to, to then be born again in Christ. Yeah. Just like we all are. Right. Like everybody is just like everybody yeah. is. We, we, so it's not like you're, you're in, you're in a special kind of 
person that we hate. It's like, no, we're yeah. Christ calls you to die to who you think you are. Mm. Die, kill that. Yeah. So that Christ can live in you greatly. Yeah. Yeah. I've been in studying in that preaching on Romans six this weekend, actually for the baptism Sunday. Mm. So that, thinking about that, even the picture of baptism, Christianity is a hyphenated, a dot, a dying die it's not a dying religion <laughs> but it's a religion of dying i was yeah. trying to think of, i was about to say like christian is a dying religion <laughs> it's a religion of dying it's a religion of dying dying to self it's a religion of, it's it's at the center of our the center of our faith is a dying savior that we are called every day to emulate and how could any less uh, the entrance into that kingdom be any less the yeah. entrance into the kingdom is die to self Mm-hmm. It's beautiful. Yeah. It's hard. Um, and that's not, that's the thing that this loving hippie Jesus said. Yeah. The only the only way for you to enter into this kingdom that I bring mm-hmm. is for you to be born a second time. Yes, yeah, right. And Nicodemus like, how am I supposed to come through my mother's womb a second time? Right. And then he rebukes him. Yeah. He rebukes the religious teacher in that day. Anyways. So a couple things about, uh, real quick, about his becoming poor again. And then yeah. we can move to the third point, just scriptures. Uh, he grew up before him like a plant, like a root out of dry ground. He had no form or majesty that we should look at him and no beauty that we should desire him. Even his very looks were d- by God's intention. The flesh that the son of God would take on would not be, even be a majestic looking man, mm-hmm. but even his poverty mm-hmm. would reach to that level. Um, Matthew eight twenty. Jesus said to him, foxes have holes, birds have birds of the air have nests, but the son of man has nowhere to lay his head. He lived in poverty. Mm-hmm. His, what Spurgeon even he puts a little note here, his entire life. He was poor his whole life. Mm-hmm. What do you think of that section of, uh, what do you think of the, I think it's the third episode of The Chosen with the kids? It's the kid episode. You remember? It? Oh yeah, yeah, and they're all grilling him. Yeah. Oh no, it's just her, right? Isn't no, she well, grilling no, him she about brings, like she, she brings going? her friends. Up. Yeah, but she starts with grilling him. Yeah. And she's like, "How much money do you have?" Yeah. Or whatever. And and he's talking about money, and he says, "My father provides everything I need." And then the boy goes, "Oh, she goes, is your father rich?" <laughs> And, and, and he goes, says, that's, a, that's convers- a lesson for another yeah. time. Yeah. I love that exchange. Like, yeah, you're my yeah. father's. Re- but think about that. His yeah. father, he's saying, my father owns everything, but he has, I'm, I'm here. He sent me here to be poor. Yeah. But my, yes, my father is rich. Yeah. Yes. He owns everything. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't that cool? I love that. That's cool. We're, yeah. We started watching it again. I love that episode. It's yep. so good. It's humbling. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, if, if you're listening to the show and you don't like the chosen <laughs> deal with it <laughs> then whatever you're, yeah you're gonna have to deal with the fact we that. we know that not everybody does we know there's yeah. some issues and blah 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 but mm. anyway yep uh, all right so let's focus on now the object the object of his condescending love mm. das das us oh us <laughs> it was a stumbling of words das <laughs> yeah how does that affect you when you think about Christ, his condescending love for you, what does that do to your I'm, heart, uh, your soul? I'm looking up the lyrics to a hymn. I don't know who wrote this originally. Uh, Come ye sinners. Mm. Um, 
it is yeah right here so it's it's not scripture but uh i love hearing this verse uh feel him prostrate in the garden on the ground your maker lies Mm. on the bloody tree behold him sinner will this not suffice Mm. lo the incarnate god ascended pleads the merit of his blood venture on him venture holy let no other trust intrude Mm. um it's it i i wish it was impactful on my heart more because it's so easy to to forget i think it's so easy to forget um to not and this is when we talked about in the last episode about resting in christ it's resting in that Mm -hmm. so it's it's not like us the fights ahead of me just head down push through bust through it goes like no it's when you feel weak come to the fact that your sinner uh, your sinner your savior laid prostrate in the garden yeah. petitioning for us and then on a bloody tree he he is nailed there exposed mm. and then that line sinner will this not suffice like that that is what it means to rest in Christ. It's good. Like, shouldn't, shouldn't your Savior being beaten and bloody on a splintery wooden cross with the wrath of God descending upon him, isn't that, isn't mm. that enough? Like, won't that suffice? That's what it means right. to rest in Christ. Focus upon that and not how do I become a better person so I can prove God that I, I deserve his love. Like, no, just... That's right. Just be grateful for what your Savior has done for you. That's good. It's a good point that sort of finishes up even the that one verse that Paul spoke or wrote that Spurgeon's preaching on where he says that though ye or through that you through his poverty might be rich. And I think what you're saying is even like that is the beginning of realizing what our richness is. Mm. It's not in the benefits that he gives us, but it's him. Mm-hmm. It's the grace that it's the salvation. It's who he is and what he's done. I think that's one of the greatest evidences of someone's new life in Christ is when Christ is enough. Mm-hmm. He, he is the riches that you have. He has won and afforded us many blessings and benefits along with our reconciliation to the father. But that is ultimately the, what the riches are that the inheritance is now in Christ and it's all that was lost in Adam and in the garden is now ours fully ours through, through Jesus. It's all been restored. But who do you thank? What do you thank the gift or the giver? So I know it's cliche, Mm -hmm. but Jesus is the reason we have that. Mm -hmm. So we, you know, I love, I love that. I can't remember if it was Piper's book. God is the gospel. John Piper wrote a book called God is the gospel. And that whole book, I'm pretty sure was, uh, I think it might've been a college work, but he, he just writes on that. Like what you're most thankful for in, in Jesus, in salvation is not that you get to go to heaven. It's not Mm. even that you get, uh, you're going to see your loved ones. It's not, it's that you get God. Like you get him. He, and, and when you get to heaven, all of these other things are like surrounding blessings of just having God. Is he the one then that came up with that image? Like if, if you get to heaven, and have everything there that you want, but not God. Is that heaven? I, is that? It's a good. I like that. I've used that before, and then 
in like youth groups and stuff. And they're like, but that wouldn't be heaven. I'm like, I, I understand that's, but yeah. imagine, imagine if you could, all of the benefits, the eternal life, the joy, the peace, no more sick, no yeah. more death, all that stuff. But there was no, no Jesus. God. There was no God. Would that be worth it? I'm like, but that's not, I'm like, I understand. No, but and, it's uh, not. And, like you have to be, right? <laughs> yeah. Because if it's about oneness, if yeah. Jesus did everything he did to make us one with the Father as he is one Holy. with the Father. like He didn't even say, I can't wait to take you to heaven because I can't wait to show you the pearly gates. They're so pretty. I can't wait to show you all of these things. No, he was like, that they might be one with you as I am one with you. Yep. Yep. <clears throat> so we are the objects of his condescent. <laughs> I still have that stupid cough. That's dumb. It's annoying. <clears throat> Why are we even recording? Ugh, it's COVID. <laughs> um that and the purpose of it mm. which kind of brings in the context that which we didn't, we didn't really talk about when but when Spurgeon preached on this you can find uh, he actually does round out the context of this one verse by talking about how this is when Paul was actually encouraging um, generosity like one thing this should do with us the purpose of this is one we gain freedom we, we get these great things but also like this makes us generous yeah like how could we not then give out of, um, how, how can we not give to others? This is how we reach deep down in and become generous people ourselves is by reali- realizing how much Christ emptied himself. Yeah. So what are some other purposes? And we'll just sort of wrap up, put a bow on it with that. What are some other, what are the, what's the purpose of him being, becoming poor in order to make us rich? Why? Yeah. Uh, or what's the rich, I guess, yeah. What are the riches? I guess that's more of the question. Um, what is gained, I guess? What is gain, uh, What is gained for us? What What is the benefit? All of it. All of it. All of it. Uh, it should be. It should be all all encompassing. Ev- everything. Everything. Mm-hmm. Then, because Jesus is King, everything should be put under the subjection of Christ. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, because of that, we owe Him everything. Mm-hmm. Um, so, the the unbeliever at your work is requires and deserves all of the love and affection and prayer and desire for their salvation that you can muster um your wife or your husband your spouse uh, deserves everything that you can sacrifice for to be to be a a better spouse Mm -hmm. to not think of yourself more highly than you ought um so as you're like you talked about Romans six, I'm really excited to hear that that's what you're preaching on. Mm. I love, uh, yeah. Um, we have been given everything because Jesus gave up everything. So that what are the ben- benefits of? I, I'm I'm trying to remember your how you worded the question again. Yeah. So we get inheritance. Inheritance, um, the seal of the spirit. Yeah. Forgiveness of sins. Those are, we do get those things because of what he did. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we get, we are richly blessed. Rich, richly. <coughs> yep. Yeah, man. Everything could be, <clears throat> everything could be burned. Everything could be destroyed and we would still have more than anyone else on this earth. If we mm. still have Christ. Amen. Well, let me read this one last quote from his uh, reflections on the incarnation, and then we can wrap it up. This is amazing condescension. He is called Savior in connection with his people, but it is in reference to their sins. 
because it is from their sins that they need to be saved. If they had never sinned, they would never have required a Savior, and there would, there would have been no name of Jesus known upon the earth. So, mm-hmm. our sin, ultimately, not our worthiness, mm-hmm. but our sin is why he condescended. Mm-hmm. Because in his love, in his grace, he loves sinners like us. Thank the Lord for that. Amen. Yeah, God. Yeah, man. Feel free to, that's not like, feel free to say one final no, word. I'm not, I'm not, yeah. not going to say anything else. Amen, man. Could. Well, we hope everybody listened and enjoyed and are encouraged and blessed. Yeah. Yeah. You guys, should, this should point you point you to the cross. That's right. Uh, point you to the man that Charles Spurgeon was pointing to. Yes. Uh, this whole time. That's the whole reason we do this. Pastors, be encouraged to not give up, but to pursue the shepherding of those people because Christ was the best shepherd. And layperson, uh, your worth is no less in Christ because you're not a pastor. So serve the Lord boldly, give Mm. generously, love outrageously, um, be a servant to all uh, because Christ was, was the best and greatest servant. Amen. Yep. Praise God. All right, man. Well, what should people do now? Uh, well, so if you didn't skip ahead, with our awesome new intro that gives everybody everything that they need to know. Uh, <laughs> I forgot about that. You should, right? Uh, you should you should go and see what we're up to on Facebook. Facebook, yeah. Instagram, those are awesome places. All the socials, really. Twitter, mm-hmm. Instagram, Facebook. Public and private page over there. Our email, mm-hmm. podcast at spurgeonmaniacs.com. Let mm-hmm. us know what you think. Leave us a review. Leave us a review. A nice little five-star shiny review. So shiny. Polish it up. Mm. <laughs> wow. And then, yeah, uh, yeah partner <laughs> yeah. with us on Patreon. We we would love to do Please. bigger and greater things, and we'd love for you guys to be a part of it for sure. Awesome. Amen. Well, that's it. Good. Good job. Cho- good talking with good, you, man. Good cho- good, good talking good, with good you cho- and good... Mouth words. Yeah. Do you, it's so good. <laughs> Bye. Bye. See ya. <laughs> Go. Get it. <laughs> I was listening.